Hi, welcome to Choice Words. My name is Ray. I'm the blogger for bookinfested.com. And my name is Gracie. I'm your published poet and local pigeon. <laughs> and today, the episode is It's Alive! We're talking about <laughs> character creation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're going to be going over uh, what makes a good character, what makes a bad character, and kind of giving you some tips as writers on how to. Um, Build characters that don't suck, basically. <laughs> and this can also help for people who maybe are reading literature and are like, I don't know why I just can't connect to this character. Um, this might give you some reasons as to why. Um, and it can help you be more of, um, I guess, a critical reader. Not critical as in, I'm critical of this literature. <laughs> but critical as in, you can pick something apart if you choose to. Absolutely. Yeah. And as you will probably notice if you've listened to our last episode, we did a book review. Uh, and we talked a lot and probably will in future book reviews about what we disliked and liked about certain characters. And we'll be touching on a lot of kind of our parameters for that today in this episode. Yeah. So first things first, let's just kind of dive right into the deep end here. <laughs> What makes a good character? We can yeah. just kind of touch on the very basics of this. Um, I know for me personally, a good character is somebody that feels real to me. It's not just, oh, this is a character in a book, but it feels very much like a real person. Um, one of my favorite lines that I ever heard about somebody describing their characters that they wrote in a book, Thomas Harris talked about the first time he met Hannibal Lecter. Now, mm. Hannibal Lecter is obviously a fictional character, but like having that mentality of, oh, the first time I met my character gives a sense that there are real persons that exist outside of the literature. And that, to me, is what makes a good character. Absolutely. I think, I, I agree. I think a character that feels as if I am not reading necessarily this fictionalized book, but it almost feels like I'm reading a story about a person I know, or like reading a story about somebody who exists out there in the world, and I'm just engaging in their story, or in some cases, I, the reader, am a part of their story. So let's also talk about some of the things that make a bad character. And I don't mean bad as in evil, I mean bad as in boring. <laughs> so what are some things that make bad characters? I mean, for me personally, a bad character is one where I'm just like, this character doesn't matter. Mm. Um, they're completely superfluous to the story itself. Um, they're completely superfluous as far as my caring about them. Um, somebody who feels flat, two-dimensional. Basically, um, for me, a bad character is somebody who's just there to fill a space and doesn't actually serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Uh, a character that feels flat or two-dimensional, those are probably phrases we'll be referencing a lot this week. Um, but yeah, those characters that just don't feel like real people, that don't feel almost exactly the opposite, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, characters that seem to just be narrative foils or like they're there to move the plot forward, but not in any way that feels like they matter outside of that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that, like, red shirt on Star Trek who just, like, is there to die and there's nothing to them before or after that moment. Yes, totally. I know exactly I what know you mean. I know you know nothing about Star Wars or Star <laughs> Trek. I'm throwing it out there for the Trekkies. Um, so since we were kind of just referencing this, let's talk a little bit about what we mean when we say a character is flat or two-dimensional. And for me, that basically means that there is no depth to the character. They don't feel like a real 
person. Um, they're just kind of there encapsulated in that moment. And then there's nothing that exists outside of that. They don't really have much of a personality. They don't really have anything to them, no substance to them that makes them feel like a real person. Absolutely. I agree. I think that like cardboard cutout feel of like this person is just standing there. They're an NPC, but not even like a fun one that you really like. Just like I'm here. Yeah. That's it. Here's, it's that NPC that just you click on to, they give you money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, they're, they're just kind of there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, in some way, you you don't have to flesh out every single character that you meet in a story. Like, obviously, if your character, like, goes to a coffee shop and gets a coffee, like, you're not going to flesh out the barista's entire backstory. <laughs> you could if for, you wanted to. I mean, you could. <laughs> but, like, you don't really need to. Um, but even then, like, the barista is a real person. They can have like a bad day. You know, your main character can even be like, wow, this person's being a jerk. Or they can be like, wow, that I think that's the nicest barista that I have <laughs> ever met at that coffee shop. Everyone else there is rude. You know, like yeah. you can give depth to a character in very small ways. Um, As a barista, I will say we are real people. <laughs> <laughs> we have living proof that baristas are in fact real people. <laughs> Although, oftentimes, I do feel like people just see me as a stock photo character. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. I mean, I as feel- long as they tip, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I, feel, I mean, I definitely feel like we all have those moments where we meet someone and, like, don't recognize right. that they have a life, Absolutely. like, outside of our instant of meeting them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, a flat character or two-dimensional character is, for lack of a better way of saying it, a character without depth. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they, absolutely. They are surface level and nothing else. Yeah. Um, so what are the ways that we can, as writers, kind of build a character that is well-rounded? A character that um, stands on their own? You know, I feel like a lot of ways with building a, a character with depth, a character that can stand on their own, it's a lot of looking at them the way you would a real person you know where did they come from where what are some of the instances where they you know what what makes them afraid what makes them um feel powerful what are the little things about them i mean obviously you can still know like all of these random little details about a person and they can still be flat um but there there's still this like there's still this idea that there's more to them outside of the moment. Um, I just finished reading Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And in that, um, the author... <laughs> in that, the author Stuart Turton... Turton? Turton? Again, I'm so sorry to every author that I ever used the name on on this podcast. Know that... I will butcher your name. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, So the author of that book, um, there's like an interview thing in the back of the book. And one of the things that he talks about is like, he likes to write um, his characters doing something before the story starts, whether that's just like something simple, like going grocery shopping or, um, you know, planning a, a holiday, going to a coffee shop, going to a coffee <laughs> shop, um, because it, it gives a moment of like, what does this person look like 
outside of the situation of this story. Um, So just imagining that character in a different space or doing different things um, can also help kind of flesh them out, you know, with the idea of, um, you know, that coffee barista. Yeah, maybe you only see her in, um, you know, the the moment when you show up at the coffee shop but like does she you know have this coffee job while she's going to college does she have this coffee job and work two other jobs as well like <laughs> does she have a really cool book podcast that she does on the side with her friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like all, all of the little details that you know might might f- slot into that um one thing that Stephen King does really well in the book Mr. Mercedes is the book opens talking about this one character who you find out doesn't even matter for the rest of the book, but it builds this character's life um, for the purpose of then um, having something really catastrophic happen. And so then you feel for this character thinking that that character is going to be the main character of the book, and then they're not. Um, but there's still this moment of like adding these little things about, you know, what motivates your character? Why did, why should we care about them? You know, um, what does their past look like? What are they afraid of? What are some of their goals? Um, how, what, what is their moral compass? Like, I love the idea of characters who want to do good things, but have a bad moral compass about going about it, or maybe have a skewed moral compass about going about it. Um, so yeah, a lot of little things like that. I don't know. What do you think? I agree. I think backstory, backstory, backstory is so important. Because, like, even if even if your readers never get to see all of that, you should know it. Or at least parts of it. Um, there are a lot of, like, fill out this sheet about your character um, questionnaires that exist online that when I was in my early days of fiction writing, I found really helpful to just generate what's even information I need to know about my character. And we can probably post a couple of those on our social media as we're going forward this week after we post this. Yeah, there's one, um, which is actually for plays. Um, It's to kind of help actors get into their character. So Mm. it's like, you're supposed to answer all these questions as a character. Yeah. But I found them really helpful just in like getting into the headspace of a certain character for writing as well. So Yeah, and I agree. I think on the topic of that, kind of answering those questions in the voice of your character, I think another really important thing for creating a character that is well-rounded especially if it's not your main character or if you're shifting points of view throughout your book is to make sure that your characters have distinct voices and I don't just mean the way that they talk like Mm -hmm. if you're switching narrators you need to switch the way that character is narrating and like obviously there can be some overlap so that it all fits within the scope and the feel of how your book is written but your character Ray and I don't talk exactly the same Right. We have different ways of explaining things, different metaphors that we use, different ways we think about things because we are different people. Mm-hmm. And the same should be true of your characters. And obviously, as as one person writing this fictional story about all of these people, that can be difficult. Um, but I think it's really important to to meet your character, like we were talking about, to, to learn about who they are as a person so that you can you can portray those voices of each of your characters separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um... I read the book The Collector by John Fowles, and one of the things I talk about on my book blog about that is that the book is written in two very distinct voices. Um, There's the voice of the main quote-unquote villain of the story, and then there's the voice of his victim. Um, And 
the victim, Miranda, is an art student. She comes from a little bit higher class. Um, I forget if she's supposed to be, like, super posh or, like, basically middle class. But um, she, the way that she speaks and the language she chooses to use and how she forms even her thoughts are very, very different um, from the villain who calls himself Ferdinand, um, who... I hesitate to say he's uneducated, but he he describes things as saying like, "Oh, she was real pretty, like, oh, she was, you know, the this um, the one phrase that I use um, on one of on my posts when I talk about voice on my book blog is he's describing a cafe and he says, "Oh, there were these funny looking things on the wall. I think they might be African." It's like okay, so even his you can look at that and say his world experiences. Um, have formed it where he sees these things and whereas I might look at um, these things on the wall and go, oh, those are supposed to be African tribal masks. Right. Or, oh, those are supposed to be paintings that are, you know, based on... By this on, artist. Yeah, by right. this artist or, like, based on Africa, African culture or whatever. He looks at it and he's like, I think they're African. So you can tell just from that a lot about his education and I don't mean in the school system but his life education Um, and so that's something to consider too is like it's not it's not unheard of but it's not going to be as common in certain circles for people to know certain things right your character isn't going to know everything you know and your characters aren't going to know everything that the other characters know right you're not going to have some posh British aristocrat speaking the same way as a Wisconsin Uber. Right. You know, they're they're going to speak very differently. They're gonna know different things and they're gonna they're going to run in different circles. Their knowledge base is going to be very different. Yeah. Um and that is another thing in the book, uh, Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which I will refer to if I refer to it again at all in this I'm just gonna call it Seven and a Half Deaths because that's a yep. mouthful of a title. Fair. Um, <laughs> in Seven and a Half Deaths um, one of the things that Aiden, the main character, talks about in as he's jumping through all of these bodies, these different hosts, is he he's seeing things in different hosts that he didn't see before because all he has the experiences of these different hosts behind his mind now. Mm-hmm. So one character he totally missed this detail, and another character picks it up. Mm-hmm. One character's an inspector, right. so he looks at things like crime evidence, whereas another character is like, no, these are my friends. I look at them with more of a familiarity. Right. And so <clears throat> even those kind of things shape the way um, a character is going to react to things. If your character has no empathy, they're not going to care when the mother comes crying in saying that their child is missing. Right. Whereas... A character who is a mother themselves may be more moved by that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's say that you wrote this character and they're kind of two-dimensional. So you have like a backstory, but they still feel two-dimensional. What are some ways that you could maybe flesh them out? Yeah. Um, I think utilizing those resources of like filling out those questionnaires, super helpful, especially if you're newer to writing or if you're just really struggling. Like there's nothing wrong with going back to the basics and saying, I need help. Um, but I think... One thing I really like to do when I'm trying to build a character is I do a lot of like visually creative things for my characters. Um, So one thing I do, and I've done it with most characters I've ever written in, whether it's short story, 
uh, trying to write a novel that I've never done, or even um, playing D&D. Yes, referencing D&D again on this writer's podcast. I'm sure you're shocked. Um, I create Spotify playlists for them of like songs that remind me of this character. And that's not only main characters. I also do it with side characters. Um, And sometimes if I'm writing like a collected piece, I'll put all of those in the same, but I'll know which ones are for which characters. You know, like things that remind me of them or songs that I think they would like. Um, I also create Pinterest mood boards, which is one of my favorite things to do um, just in life in general. But I love to take like what are in pictures the the like essence of this person. Like if someone looked at this Pinterest board of this character, what would they know about this character? And that helps me not only have a visual representation of things I can look back to to kind of familiarize myself with who this character is, but it also helps me really connect to what is the essence of this person. Um, yeah. <laughs> and as a side note, I know that a lot of like creating Spotify playlists or doing Pinterest boards or all, you know, finding character clip art or whatever can be kind of a controversial thing. I know some people really look down on it. Other people, they can't write without doing something like that. Everybody's writing process is going to look a little bit different. Absolutely. So we're talking about primarily what we know, what some of our friends do, what we do personally. Definitely. Um, If this, if you're sitting here going like, wow, I would get so sidetracked making a Spotify playlist then don't use a Spotify So do I playlist. sometimes. <laughs> okay, but like, but what I'm saying is like, if you're listening to this going like, wow, I couldn't do a Pinterest board, that would just, I don't know where I would start with that. You don't have to do it. Right. These you are, to do these are like suggestions. Yeah. And actually what I would love is if, um, after listening to this, I would love for you to either like tweet at us, send us some stuff on Facebook. I would love to hear what tools you guys use to help you build your characters. Um, because I am one, always looking for more, but two, would love to see what other people are doing. Cause I, as we have just discussed, I can only say things that my character, me, I've done. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What are some ways you connect with your characters? Um, some of the ways that I connect with my characters, I definitely, so sometimes I'll do Spotify playlists, but those are primarily for if I'm doing like a D&D character. Um, a lot of times what I will do, and this is kind of like a weird thing, mm-hmm. but uh, and I didn't realize that I did this until recently, is that I will often write my character, it, if they're like a main character, I don't do it as much with side characters, but if it's a main character, I write them at their breaking point. Mm. So I write them at the point of like what will break them because then I feel like that tells me a lot about who they are. Like Mm. you, it it sounds so cliche, but like, you know, the most about a person when they're at their most vulnerable. (laughs) Yes, obviously. But like, um, so one character that's in the story that I'm writing right now is this very like hard, crass individual doesn't care, doesn't appear to care about anyone. Um, and then, and just, like, throughout the entire story, doesn't seem to really care about anything. And then when faced with, like, the ultimateness of their own mortality, like, when they reach that point when they are literally dying, um, that's their, like, breaking point. Mm. Um, and their one thing that they say is, like, I don't want to be alone right now. Mm. And so that says a lot because throughout the entire story, they're, you know, 
actively pushing people away and then in their most vulnerable moment they're begging not to be alone right and so that's just like okay what what made this part to, to me that starts the question and um what made this person get to this point where they're actively pushing people away but they're still so afraid of being alone and um another thing that i do sometimes i have a passing interest in um psychology not a passing interest in psychology i am very interested in psychology (laughs) um but i have passing interest in criminal psychology as well um and so a lot of the things that i like to kind of dig into is psychoanalyzing my characters like if i was this character's therapist Mm. what would i say about interesting the the actions that they've taken yeah and sometimes that will cause me to like draw conclusions about them that i never would have thought of before um you know sitting there and being like why does this character always run headfirst into the worst (laughs) decision possible (laughs) are they just really dumb i don't know (laughs) or are they trying to protect everyone or are they trying to they'll take the big hit or are they trying to prove something absolutely i think that's that's like what are your character's motivations what do you what do they want? I think knowing that is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question. Oh. And I know that this is sometimes a controversial thing for... I was about to ask the same one. <laughs> a lot of people. Is it okay to base characters on other people? Right. So I, I also was about to ask you that same thing. Is it okay to like base characters on yourself, on other people? Um, so here's my thing. I think that it is impossible for me personally to write about something so completely foreign to me accurately. Hmm. So have I intentionally said I am going to write a character based on my former college roommate Haley? No. Did I, while in college, write a group of friends and accidentally one of them was my roommate in college Haley absolutely 100% and she like read this piece that I had and she was like you know this is me right and I was like no it's oh it is huh and she's like it's fine just like don't kill me off or whatever yeah you know so like here's the thing is that I think that inspiration comes from everywhere um do I think you should directly write about the people in your life? Not if you're not doing creative nonfiction. And even if you are doing creative nonfiction, boy, do you need to ask permission first. Yeah. Um, I think that the people you care about, the people that you surround yourself with, are a part of the creative process. And they can inspire you and do regularly, whether that is because they're also creating things and what they create inspires you to create. Or if it's literally just like, I love this person. And I love this character and I accidentally made it the same. Um, But I think doing a one for one is not only like you're treading on some like dangerous water there Mm -hmm. because while you may feel I know this person completely and therefore could write a character based on them, that's not actually how people work. Like you, as much as you are trying to build a character who you know and quote-unquote know what they're going to do in any given situation, if you're basing that character on a real person, you're probably going to get it wrong and people are probably going to get mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also, like, 
I don't want to read a book where the character, one of the characters is me. Um, I feel attacked enough when I read literature not written by people who <laughs> write about characters that are like me. Just finished <laughs> Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Thank you very much. Well, finished rereading. Anyways, not the point. Um, I, I don't, I don't, it's scary sometimes to see exactly how other people see you, especially if that's not something you're interested in. So if you're writing something that is a one-for-one character of a person that you know, they're going to read that and you have no idea what their reaction is going to be. So I think that that's dangerous. But I think allowing, allowing the creative process to be what it is is okay because I've also had times where I wasn't writing about a character like very intentionally especially I find this with my family where I write about a family and you know like my main character has parents and so I'll write about them and their parents and they're in the story and my parents or my grandparents or whoever the family member is is like is this me did you write this about me is this how you feel about me and I'm like no (laughs) of course not like this was not about you this was not you know like it's completely unrelated so I think tread carefully (laughs) Yeah. Um, When I was in seventh or eighth grade, I did like one of those middle school writing workshops Mm -hmm. and they had a local author come in and talk to us. And one of the things that she talked about was basing characters on real people. And she's... Do you remember who it was? I don't. Okay. Um, I wish that I did. Okay. Um, And I'm sure that I still have her book somewhere. I genuinely do not remember who this is. If we Um, find it sometime between now and posting this, we'll drop her at the end of our list. And Um, even if I find it later and remember, I may post it somewhere or just tag it in in another episode because I do definitely want to give credit where credit is due. I just genuinely do not remember right now. Um, But one of the things that she talked about, I do remember that she wrote Murder Mysteries. Okay. Um primarily i believe that she wrote primarily for in wisconsin because she was a wisconsin author um and she said that she was writing a series for a while based on i forget if she said it was some neighbors or some friends of hers um and she like based this great relationship on these care on, on these people that she knew and then those people wound up getting divorced Ooh, yikes so it's like ooh. so she said i basically had to like she was like I didn't know what to do at that point because she'd been so closely following their relationship as it appeared to her Mm. that it's like once that was done once they were divorced it's like what do you do now right do your characters Um, get divorced now (laughs) yeah do your characters get divorced do you just do your own thing from here and you know when you're following that a source material that closely it's hard to know like where to go from that point um I personally feel like it's okay to take bits and pieces. Right. Um, you know, base maybe certain character traits mm-hmm. off of different characters. Uh, I definitely, I, while my type of humor that I like is very, like, witty and snappy, I'm not a goofball. So if I'm writing a character who's a goofball, I'm going to, like, spin the Rolodex of my brain and go, who do I know is a big goofball? Ex- exactly, And, yes. like, base the, inter- the interactions on that. I might even use, like, snippets of quote-unquote real conversation like I won't use the exact things that I remember but I might be like oh yeah that was really funny Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take that and like twist it put it in a different context you know something like that I will say though sometimes I have in conversation someone has said something to me or we've had an interaction and I go I'm gonna put that in a book someday is that cool and they're like yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. So that's an option as well. <laughs> yeah. As long as you have permission. Right. Um, and definitely, like, put them in your acknowledgments if yes. that's what you're going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I definitely based aspects of certain characters' relationships or certain characters on people that I know. Um, and I'm not going to specify just because right. I, w- I want to be respectful of those people and how they might feel about it. But, I mean, I've definitely taken little details of, like, oh, this person always does this. That's a really interesting trait. Mm -hmm. Or, like, this character always uses this turn of phrase or this. It's always little details. Or, like, this is, if you want to have somebody who has, like, a really quick change in attitude, if you have seen that happen, you can take that and be like, oh, this is what that looks like. You can base it on real life instances that you've encountered with people but like like gracie said i would be very careful of the line that you walk with that right absolutely again you have to write what you know about Mm -hmm. or you have to do extensive research and if you're writing especially something fictional you can still write what you know about as again as long as it's not that one for one instance of like you're taking small pieces you're not taking a whole person and dropping them into your book with, especially without permission. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> especially if you don't have permission. Yeah. And obviously it's different if you're, like, writing a biography. Right. Um, that's that's a whole different can of worms. We're primarily speaking fiction. of fiction when we're talking about this. And maybe even, like, creative nonfiction to some level. To some extent. But, but even then, like... Be really do be, need permission. Be really careful and be very um, studious. Not studious, but, like... Tread lightly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, in regards to, though, basing characters off of, like, yourself or aspects of yourself. Yeah. Um, I personally do that all the time. I was going <laughs> to say, I'm going to talk about D&D again. There's never been a single D&D character I've played who wasn't some small sliver of myself mm-hmm. that I turned into a full person. <laughs> yeah. I, and the same is true in my in my fiction writing. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a little minute since I've done some fiction writing, although I am working on something right now. Uh, just a little short story. Um, do but, I get to read it? Yeah, you'll get to read it when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that, like, Every character that I've written to some level has, again, those small aspects of me, whether that's a phrase that I use, a, a, a weird anxiety thing that I do, or, you know, like whatever it is. Uh, it just, you know, there are things that are a part of me that you will see in all of my characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I, I will venture to say that every character that you create should have some part of you mm-hmm. in them. Um, and that that's not to say, like, it has to be a big part. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because you're the one who knows yourself the best, it's always the easiest to draw from yourself. Whether it's like, oh, I suddenly noticed that I do this weird tick. Or, I don't know, I have this weird thing that I do, this phrase that I say. Right. Or it can even be something like, I grew up in this town. Where are my characters from? Yeah, I grew up in this town. Why do you think Stephen King bases all of his books in Maine? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) You know, it's it's part of writing what you know. Yeah. Um, I... Every, every single one of my characters that I've ever (laughs) made, ever, has in some way either been based on myself or, like, when I was way younger was more or less an idealized version of Mm, mm -hmm. who I wanted to be. Yep. Um, And so you definitely, 
definitely base things off of yourself. Obviously, don't, like, just insert yourself into a story. Right. But, I mean, like... I mean, you can. You you can. <laughs> That's a... But, again... Again, another can of worms. Right. Um. But, I mean, like, so with me, I really like witty humor. I'm very sarcastic mm-hmm. and, like, snappish in real life. Can't um, confirm. <laughs> yes. So As am I. <laughs> <laughs> so, almost... Every single one of the stories that I have ever written, ever, have some sort of snarky humor in them. Yep. If it doesn't have snarky humor humor in it, I either was writing it for a class and was required not to have snarky humor <laughs> in it, or I get to the end and I will say out loud, I don't know if I like this story. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's not some, like, snide comment somewhere in those pages, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with it. Absolutely. I feel that. Yeah, so there there are definitely parts about, you know, putting yourself into a story. Not wholly, but definitely in bits and pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're getting kind of close to wrapping up here. One of the things I do want to just talk about is what are some points for thought um, when you're developing a character, when you're writing a character? um, Some things to pay attention to. Some things to pay attention to. One of the things that I really tend to look at is character motivation and their goals Mm -hmm. um and that's not to say like does your character want to have world domination or like something (laughs) like that but like in any given situation what it what is your character motivated by you know if your character walks into a grocery store and steals a bunch of food you know or walks into a department store and steals a bunch of clothes are they just stealing for the thrill of it? Are they stealing because they're desperate? Are they stealing because they're giving it to somebody else? They're who's giving desperate? it to somebody else. Are they stealing because they've been told to and they're scared of what will happen if they don't? Right. What is the you motivation know? behind the action? What is their motivation um, and their end goal? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, and. I feel like end goal and motivation go hand in hand. So those are yeah. things to consider as well. Absolutely. I think a big one for me is the relatability of your character too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what we're talking about is largely for main character, but you should be taking these things into consideration with your side characters as well, especially supporting role characters. Again, mm-hmm. when you're getting to just background characters that you only interact with once, you still want to consider these things, but they're not as big of a deal. You can kind of get away, like we talked about. If your character's only interacting with this person once for 30 seconds of reading time, you don't need to have as much information about them, but especially for those supporting role characters and your main character, I think relatability is huge for me. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean relatability in that like, oh, this person reminds me of me or reminds me of a friend of mine. I mean, <clears throat> can I relate to the emotions this person is having? And, and I think one of the things we'll probably talk about a lot on this podcast is those kind of universal feelings, those universal mm-hmm. emotions we all have. So even if I'm reading something that's very high fantasy or horror or just something that realistically is never going to happen to me in my life, I may not relate to the circumstances of that character, but I'm going to relate to their fear, their love of the people around them, Mm -hmm. their um, other emotions people have, their joy when things go right. You know, like I may have not felt fear because of xyz but i've been afraid in my life i got an anxiety disorder i've been afraid in my life you know like like i know what fear feels like and so your character and the way you write about them should feel relatable they should be having those feelings having those experiences and whether you're conveying that through dialogue through their interactions with other people and their actions 
it needs to be relatable for me to feel like this is a realistically good character. Mm-hmm. Or not good as in morally. Good as in well-written. Yeah. And kind of aside from that, um, characters that you can understand, even if you can't relate to them, mm-hmm. are also very important. Um, Absolutely. In one of the things that um, I talk about in my review for the book Seventh Mansion by Maurice Meyer, mm-hmm. uh, that character... Don't agree, like, the main character, Z, don't agree with anything that that character does. Mm. It just, like, the main character in that book is very unwell. Mm. Um, And so, because of that, does some very weird and uncomfortable things. But the way that it's written, you understand why he does those things. You're, like, seeing enough of how the character Mm -hmm. thinks to yeah. understand and, and to like put yourself in that perspective to mm. be like okay this makes sense gotcha in in your eyes even right. if i fundamentally disagree with it absolutely um and that's a huge thing for me as well yeah um one of the things too in in light of what you were kind of talking about with like side characters what is the purpose of your character yeah are they a person or are they quote-unquote cannon fodder are they just right. one of the horde that right. shows up and if you're writing a horde, again, you don't need to know the background of every single person in the horde. But if it's a person who's supposed to be supporting your main character, they're not part of the horde right. anymore. Even mm-hmm. if they are part of the horde, they are more than that. And you need to know more about them. Mm-hmm. And in linking with that, every character that you take time to look at in the book, and I, this is setting aside characters that you just kind of brush by on the street, so to speak. Um, But every character that you take time to look at in your book should feel like a person. Yes, we've we've touched on that already a lot. But just putting it out there is one of those things to keep in in mind when you're going through. If you take away nothing else. (laughs) If you take away nothing else. (laughs) Your character is a person. (laughs) They have a life. (laughs) Um, And another thing that is also sometimes a hard thing to hear... um, is the idea of writing out or changing a character drastically Mm. if they're unnecessary. Killing your darlings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another thing I'm sure we will talk about a lot on this podcast. (laughs) But, But one thing to just keep in mind is if your character does not serve a purpose... Why are they there? Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't mean you have to get rid of them. It just means you need it, to change yeah. something. And it, it means you definitely need to reconsider that scene, your entire story, right. that Depending chapter, on how that deep character. It goes. Yeah. Or maybe even who your main character is. Mm-hmm. There have been so many times I've read a book or a piece of literature or seen a movie and went, this would have been so much better if it was told from that guy's point of view. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And not this person's point well, of view. Well, and even in your own writing, you changed main characters. You changed narrators in the book you're working on right now. Mm-hmm. Because originally it was going to be from one person's point of view. And you were like, but that doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Here's this person instead. Yeah, I created an entirely new character. <laughs> right. And, and some of the, sometimes that's what you have to do um, to, to make the story work, for it to make sense. Yeah. I think um, another thing, too, is that you need to keep in mind that all of your characters matter. Even the unlikable ones. Mm -hmm. And I would almost say especially the unlikable ones. Like, if I'm supposed to not like your character, I need to know why. Mm -hmm. Which means you need to know why. Which means you need to know 
again, all the things we talked about, their motivation, their purpose in the story. Why are they the way that they are? And how are you presenting that to your audience? Mm -hmm. I think avoiding stereotypes is also a big one. That seems pretty obvious, but it's worth saying. Avoiding stereotypes as much as possible, unless you're going to twist it somehow. Mm -hmm. Because I do love that. I, I love a good stereotype that's turned on its head. I, that's almost one of my, it's definitely in my top five favorite things I find in literature is when people, like a character starts and I assume, oh, this person is just this stereotype that I've read so many times. And then all of a sudden something drastically different happens and I go, oh, how refreshing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's very difficult to do. And if you don't know how to do that well, I would just avoid stereotypes uh, as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be... Much like with basing your characters on real people, tread lightly when you're using stereotypes. Right. Um, I mean, I know the saying is stereotypes are there for a reason, and in some cases that is true. Right. But still, tread lightly. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. Stereotypes are two-dimensional characters. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, maybe there's a person like that, kind of, if you don't look at anything past what the stereotype says about them. Mm-hmm. But that's a real person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's more to them than that stereotype. And the same is true for your characters. Or at least it should be. <laughs> yeah. And definitely. I would definitely say that a stereotype is a is a two-dimensional flat character. Yep. You. Yeah, that was way better than how I could have said it. <laughs> I'm happy to help. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up our discussion on character creation. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, again, reach out to us on our social media. We'll be posting some stuff. Feel free to comment. Uh, We'd love to hear what your techniques are for character creation, ways you failed, ways you succeeded, and how you learn more about your characters. Um... You can find us. Oh, yes. You can find (laughs) us at Choice Word Podcast on Facebook or Choice Word underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, Go ahead and tweet at us. Let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you thought. You can go ahead and send us stuff on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts. Yeah, I'd love to know what you think about the characters in the stuff you're reading right now. Is the author doing a good job? Is the author doing a bad job? Um, Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Also, give us a follow here on Spotify for more updates every other Monday. Yeah. And I love when people psychoanalyze characters, so this is me throwing it out there. Please psychoanalyze characters and throw them at me. I love it immensely. Yeah, you can find more of Ray psychoanalyzing characters um, on her book blog at bookinfested.com. And you can Google Gracie Bows to find their poetry on Google. Yep. (laughs) Couple of different uh, literary magazines on there. Not much uh, relevant to character creation, but I'm still out there. (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much for listening today, folks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's episode of Choice Words. If you want to check out any of the literature we discussed in this episode, here's the list of what we mentioned. The Hannibal Lecter series by Thomas Harris. The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. Mr. Mercedes by Stephen King. The Collector by John Fowles. Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Seventh Mansion by Maurice Meyer. If you're interested in getting these books for yourself, try checking with your local library or an independent bookseller near you. If you're in the St. Paul, Minnesota area, we suggest checking out Subtext, a bookstore located in downtown St. Paul. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking to you soon.